Join us on the swim monkey. Swim. Swim monkey. Swim monkey. Swim monkey. All right, guys, welcome back to another Coach's Happy Hour. Awesome, awesome to have you guys back. We have a great show. Sid is on the way. Sid is driving. Actually, he just, he is he is trying to listen right now. I'm going to put it, there you go. He is he is trying to zoom in. There he is. And uh, we're excited to have you back. And uh, with tonight, we have Matt Zimmer. Um, he is the uh, operations, the chief man of operations over there at the College Swim Coaches Association, uh, involved in many, many things. I'm sure we'll get to it. We also have Charlie Rose. He's a longtime swimming. His family's longtime swimming. is also the vice chair for Florida Swimming LSC and uh, owns Blue Dolphins. And just this guy knows everything about swimming. So guys, coaches that are on, um, if you have any questions, uh, we do have a chat. Please chime in for the chat. We got a lot of things going on and it's going to be a good show. So Welcome, Matt. Great to see you. Haven't seen you in a, in a good while. I know. It's good How's to it see going? you guys. It's, it's going good. I mean, we're still under the lockdown here. I'm in Illinois, just outside of Chicago. So we're uh, we're hoping pools get open at some point for all of us. And obviously dealing with college coaches across the country, they're all hoping the same thing that you guys are. So, But you're a little bit more open. I see Charlie. He's got a – looks like you got an open pool space right behind you. So you don't mind yeah, taking over? That's more for floating and hanging out, though. That's the kind of training I do these days. <laughs> I do like the floating and hanging out. So, guys, if you're in there, we do have Charlie Rose, Matt Zimmer, and now Sid is back with us. Uh, if you have any questions for us, please let us know. And I will tell you this is Coach's Happy Hour. So right now, I do want to say cheers to all you guys out there waiting for your pool or just getting in. Cheers. You guys are awesome. Keep it up. So cheers. 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 All right. So, so Sid, hi, you had an awesome show a couple of days ago. Stories with Sid, and we went over the 400 IM that lost by you know a couple one thousands. Um, what a, what a great show, man! Good job, Joe the monkey. It's all about I, I can't quite do it, but the swim monkey is where it's at. Watch the future, Matt. Zimmer, <laughs> I want to say something to you, Matt. Uh, one of the nicest guys, Joe, I ever met. No matter what, I and mean, it's college swim coaches. If you don't know it yet, uh, you don't know how lucky you are to have this guy. Sweating. Sweating already. Setting you up. He's sweating. You're sweating it out. <laughs> oh, now, now, listen, I was with, I, I had a contract for many years with a different swim company, and I had a girl that had a problem, and she wanted, Matt said, no problem. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to, don't worry. Don't And he, but he was that gracious, Joe, Charlie. It didn't matter if it was business or it didn't matter if it was just you personal, one-on-one, -on -one, having a beer, Matt. Thank goodness you're for the college swim coaches. What the heck's going to go on in the future for the? I, I mean, I'll let Joe run this, but oh, no, you're, you're you're good. Go ahead, go ahead, man. I mean, you you know that that we had a show uh, with East Carolina uh, having an yeah. issue, and there's and there's some other teams. What are you hearing with all this craziness going on? Well, it's it's not it's the same stuff that clubs are going through right now, um, just on a different different side of it. You've got mid-major programs, you've got power five programs, you got group of five programs. Everyone's under pressure right now. And this is, you know, global to say the least. But when you talk about what are our coaches, our college coaches going to do uh, to maintain their programs, that's something we talk about every single day. And we're looking at programs like East Carolina that were taken off the map for us. And the likelihood once a program comes off the map to, for it to come back, is you know slim and none and slim left the building so we're always worried about programs getting cut which is why uh, our coaching community to date has 
uh, voluntarily cut over $6.2 million out of their operating budgets. That, that's not the effect on, on the students. That doesn't affect their scholarships or anything like that. Like that. That's just game day you know, swim meet operations, day-to-day -day operations, including their own uh, salaries to be cut. So it, it ranges, oh, thanks, Jimmy. Oh, always has to have a comment. <laughs> but uh, it, it ranges from folks who haven't been told anything to cut anything because their endowment's pretty solid. And then it moves all the way to, you gotta, you gotta cut 30% out of your budget, you know, plan for 30% out of your budget. And it's scary for everybody. We know clubs are going through the same thing. High schools are wondering if they're even going to be back on, quote unquote, on campus. Of course, all of our colleges, you're not going to have, you know, football or basketball or volleyball or swimming if there aren't students on campus. So this is uh, an, an institutional issue beyond an athletic issue. You know, uh, Charlie, we have the same thing in high school and, and Sid, the same thing. Do we know yet what is going to go on, at least with Florida, maybe, maybe all high schools, what's going to go on if there's no football? Because basically football runs it, right? So if we know football, are we, are we going to have swimming this fall? Are we going to have volleyball this fall? Well, 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 Joe, let me jump in because this evening I did speak with Alan Williams, who's the Boca Raton uh, Aquatic Director at their high school, and he said he's on a committee where it's just him and one other coach and mostly athletic directors for the FHSAA. And, and it is regarding how we get back to athletics. And uh, he said the FHSAA is full bore. We are on it. He's for Palm Beach County. This is a Palm Beach County school board. Like he told me something I didn't know. We're the 10th biggest school board in the, in the nation, but they're really slow. They're not opening up anything this summer. But the FHSAA and athletics say we're on schedule. So there's going to be a collision at some point here in the next couple of weeks. Charlie, you're on, the, you're on the board of everything. By the way, Charlie Rose, Charlie Rose won the men's and the women's high school 4A championship. So I think that is another cheer item. That is a cheer. That is another cheer. Thanks, Thank you, Charlie. Charlie, so Charlie, guys, so what do you – what do you think, Charlie? I mean, what, what's going on with your deal and um, what, what's going on in the uh, city of Oviedo? Well, I, the city of Oviedo is uh, pretty supportive. They're, they're kind of going through phases and they're working us in and we're getting some more pool time as we go. Um, I think they're going to follow suit to whatever the uppers tell them. I mean, whether the county or it's the, or it's the state of Florida, FHSAA, if they say that we can go ahead and have a uh, season, our, our high school will go ahead and follow suit. And so will our, uh, city so I, you know I, i'm staying optimistic here i think we're going to be able to do something it might be very limited but who knows i mean i have not heard anything specific or anything lately i keep asking some of my teacher friends and administrator friends and they don't know either it's crazy and, and as we see sid going crazy here just for a minute matt i want to talk about what we can do to um uh, market the program a little bit better swimming wise in college or what can we do to, to help these guys out? Well, we're all here cause we, we love swimming. We're all here because uh, we had a great you know connection with the sport and we've stuck with it. Um, there's a lot of discussion and certainly a lot of media and it gets a lot of hype and, and a lot of, you know, un unfortunate negative, negative press when we lose a program. But the fact is we've raised uh, quite a lot more programs, we meaning the swimming community in, in the college, 
colleges have raised a lot more swimming programs than we've lost, probably on the tune of 81 over the last 10 years net gain. And a lot of that's come in division two, some in division three, some have migrated you know, up the, up the divisions. So there's a lot of positive news to be had in swimming. Um, I would recommend everybody, you know, if you want to really take a long drink, unfortunately, go to uh, covidteamtracker.com and take a look at some of the sports that have been decimated by this by the current pandemic, or at least under the guise of you know budget issues related to the pandemic. Swimming has fared relatively well compared to sports like tennis or volleyball or even soccer. Those unfortunate folks have lost a lot more teams than we have, and we don't want to see any athletic opportunities go away. But certainly when it comes to our sport versus other sports, we're going to do everything we can to prevent that because we know those opportunities are key. We know those opportunities don't come back when once they go away. And we also know that our sport produces some of the highest performers, uh, performing people in the classroom that the universities are ever going to get. You add that to the fact that if, if people really start looking at uh, – revenue generation versus non-revenue generation most swim teams are not nearly fully funded you look at any any mid-major you look at uh, on down through uh, the ranks to all, all across the conferences everywhere most teams are not even close to being fully funded on a scholarship for, scholarship format and if they're hosting any more than 20 25 kids on a team they are absolutely revenue generators for that school and you want kids to come back to campus who are they going to come back for they're going to come back for their coaches so when you've when you've got a team aspect, you got opportunities, and you got kids that want to compete. We've we've seen teams where they've cut budgets. I, I look at a uh, very good friend Jay Agnew at Ball State, and he he took over there after being at Purdue for many years. He took over a, a men's program that doesn't have any scholarships. Ball State made a hard decision whether they were going to cut the program or they were going to keep the program alive and continue to offer opportunities. And they were concerned: would we even be competitive with a forty-year-old pool? What's that going to be like? They kept the program. They're absolutely competitive. Jay's awesome coach did a great job, is doing a great job, and they're continuing to, to perform at a mid-major level with very limited funding. We're not advocates for no funding, for sure, but don't take away an opportunity. Never take away an opportunity because people want to swim and people want to compete. Hey, Matt. Um, so from the Coaches Association, I, I think we all agree. We all look at something, and we, we know that our sport is critical to the age group programs. Um, if college swimming does go a downtrend, we're in a lot of trouble. So it's very good to hear you say that that things are more positive than, than I think what we're hearing in the news, for sure. Um, my, my only question for you is, as far as USA Swimming goes, I don't know if we would be the same organization. We probably wouldn't be involved near as much with, uh, we wouldn't have as near as many swimmers and, uh, and our program was, would be much smaller if it wasn't for college swimming. So what is USA Swimming doing? How do they work with the college coaches is there something that maybe oh, yeah. uh USA swimming could do to help facilitate uh the not only the creation of a college program but to keep that college program no question and usa swimming absolutely echoes your your sentiment i i don't deal with the folks uh, over at usa swimming as much as our executive director greg earhart does but our former executive director joel shinnefield took a yeah. high level position with usa swimming and and uh, Mr. Hinchy and, and the whole that whole group of folks is extremely supportive of what uh, the CSCAA and the rest of you know college swimming is, is doing out there. So they've been outstanding advocates. They provide a wonderful grant, which allows me to have this job and, and work for the association. So they they do quite a bit, and they 
we hope and we try to prove to them every year that we're providing value to our membership. And at the end of the day, we do work for our, our teams out there. And sometimes that conversation can be hard with the team to say, coach, you, I know you were brought in to, to, to be a coach, but you need to be a CEO. You need to run your program like a CEO. You need to be able to delegate. You need to know who your alumni are. You need to be able to fundraise. You need to start an endowment yesterday, even if it's a dollar. Get your something in the in the books because who knows how many programs could have been saved if there was just some money in the bank. So when somebody in a, in a room that we are never going to get access to has to make a hard decision between us or tennis or soccer, who's got money in the bank, who's got an active alumni, I guarantee who's not going to get cut. And that's the kind of stuff that we'll never be on the inside track, but we got to keep we got to keep the the volume up to the rest of our community to run it that way. Well, you, you mean you're looking at uh, East Carolina, and, and how many days did they raise almost 400 grand or over yeah. 400? Yeah, I mean, it took them a week or two weeks to raise yeah. that much money. I mean, that's crazy, and and that goes to your point. I mean, hey, if you just did a a, a team fundraiser, college team fundraiser. Once a year, you know, just a little promo thing. How much money can you make and then put it in the bank like you're saying, Matt? So it has to be done. And we, we talked about that amongst our community. And, you know, most coaches, what do they want to do? They want to do the thing that they love, which is get out there on deck and work with those kids and make them better. That's that should be that should be it. Unfortunately, that's not the way it's set up today. Today, you, you are running a business and you've got to have uh, your thumb on the pulse on every single aspect of that business. And. We're going to try to encourage that as much as possible. But at the end of the day, coaches have to know what they're going into. So when they take that step or when they get into college, that there's an understanding that you have a responsibility more so than just those 25 kids on deck. So on budgets, what's a common budget for, for let's, let's just say an ACC team or an SEC team? What is a, a common budget? Yeah. I'm glad you asked because yeah. I have mountains of spreadsheets at my disposal <laughs> at all times because we have some pretty amazing data analytics within the CSCAA. But it's interesting. What would you guess the multiplier is from a mid-major to a power five in just an operating budget? You don't have to go. You don't have to tell us uh, exactly what the number is. Uh, on an average, but what do you think the multiplier is? How many more times? Ten. Operating with? Ten? Okay. That's a good yeah. what, what, what about you, Sid? Mm, I would say 20 times. Whoa, 20. Okay. All right. Now that's, that's, you're talking full budgets, not operating budgets. So operating budget is taking out coach's salary, taking okay. out. Um, so just kind of game-based stuff, just equipment. And Kevin's chimed in here. It's actually Tripping. three times. So on average right now, the average mid-major budget, operating budget, only operating budget is 90 grand. For, for a power five, you know, three times at $275,000. And then it starts to creep into, once you put everything else in there, the, the total budget's, you know, 1.5 million versus, you know, almost less than a half a million. Then you go down to a group of five. So we're talking conferences like America East, Northeast, Ohio Valley, Patriot, Big West, Colonial, those guys, it drops, you know, it, it's it's hard it's hard out there a lot of, you know the, the budgets are not what a lot of people think they are and you know it's great that basketball and football can generate a lot of money and there's tons of CBS uh, broadcast money out there that's great and we all benefit from it all college sports benefit from it but these our folks run pretty lean so I've heard from a multiple multiple coaches <clears throat> just in the last oh gosh two and a half months because of this craziness 
that they have lost anywhere between five hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars of their budget. What the heck can they do? I mean, how much is that? Let's say you're an SEC team, seven hundred hundred thousand dollars of your budget. What? What? So what's a normal budget? You with everything in there? Is it three million? Is it two point five? Like so, a big a big power five. You know, the, the folks who are losing that kind of money, they're a power five school. So they're they're at a million and a half on average. And certainly, there can be three million dollar budgets, just as there can be you know eight hundred thousand dollar budgets at those big things. Some of that is soaked up from, you know, if you're at a if you're at a Big Ten school and you got a Nike contract or an Under Armour contract, there's there's money that you have to pay uh, that that gets into your budget. So you get a hundred thousand dollars for equipment, which is you know some shoes for the kids and some warm ups. That's all good and bags. But you have to pay that back because you're actually paying the brand to get that equipment back. So it's a little bit of you know, monopoly money. It just kind of goes back and forth. But honestly, a lot, most of the coaches I, we've talked to have said, give me a pool, give me my kids, and I'm fine. Let's not get caught up in all the stuff that we need. Hey, who? And, and every single Power 5 coach who's running a big program like a CEO, they started someplace where they were driving a van with 20 sure. guys in the back. And put your stuff on top and pack in and sit on your suitcase because we're going to do that. Oh, you don't get to do three day, you know, four, a four day uh, conference championship because, you know, you suddenly get to have you, suddenly it's a right to have to do the 800 free relay in one day and not to do it. Forget that stuff. Come on. Let's get back to basics. We don't need to worry about that stuff. Let's no, you, so they're, they're used to this and Charlie will 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 relate to this. They they pack them in vans like you're saying, Matt. Yeah. And then they go into a then they go into a hotel. Uh, just north of Key West, and the hotel is forty-seven dollars a night, and then they're all packing in rooms. Am I right, Charlie? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm okay. Hey, I stayed in the Bambi Motel in Gainesville, so anybody that's been there knows that place. The I Bambi. stayed with you, right? Yeah, I think we did. So listen, Charlie and I are in the Bambi Motel at a swim meet. Kid you not, this is a true story. So we're laying there. He, he, by the way, he's no, not recently. I mean, we're, we were young, but he was in his bed. I was in my bed, just making sure that's clear. And then, so we look under, kid you not, where the, where the clock, where the clock and phone normally are, we look under, there's a hole in the wall. There is a hole in the, but you know what? It was 50 bucks. I mean, <laughs> we've got a lot of those stories because Charlie would, Charlie and I would do a lot of swim meets uh, uh, in the early 2000s. Yeah, we're, we're using the budget. Oh yeah, it was all about budget. Speaking of budget, Sid over there at St. Andrews with his ninety thousand uh, dollar budget. Whew, uh, I don't know about that, Joe. <laughs> we uh, we we are doing our best, but I, I have questions for Charlie. You know, as being the leader there, um, man in waiting, Charlie. What do you see happening for the USA Swimming Clubs here over the next uh, 60, 90 days? Yeah, because you've been uh, in a bunch of meetings, right? Coming back and, and getting back into it. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, you, you guys, like, Charlie, you're probably a little more in tune with the government of swimming, at least in your local area, because you are the uh, vice chairman, correct? The uh, number two man for Florida swimming, which I'm very proud of, Charlie, since you were just a high school kid when I first met you. But let, let's look at the future, and you're talking to your own kids, not – Unless you're talking to the kids of the local swim committee, what what do you tell them? Because they all want to go to these great schools Matt's talking about. And they, how about the kids that are 
missing their junior final race, whether it was NCSAs or wherever they were going to do their shave. And now yeah. they get a little nervous and anxious. And, and, and then this summer, nothing's really come out. So where are we? Where's USA swimming locally and nationally over the, what are we looking forward to? What do we tell our kids? Well, well for, first off, I think all the kids that, uh, you know, everybody's in the same boat around the country. I think college coaches, the ones that I've talked to, I've talked to one today in the last uh, month or so, the, all the coaches understand that. So, you know, we're based off of where they were several months ago in December at their national meet or uh, their high school meet, whatever. So I think everybody's in the same boat there. As far as coming back and moving forward, I'm optimistic on this. I think that there's going to be a slow progression. Some people will open up. Matter of fact, today in Florida Swimming, we sent out a questionnaire to all the coaches because we want to find out who's in the water and how many lanes you've got. What's your, uh, you know, what's your setup? Because what we'll do with that information is we're going to send it out to the other teams and coaches that aren't in the water yet. Then they can go to their council and they can go to their schools or whoever they are and they can say, look, this city's in, this city's in, this is the way they're doing it. And I think we kind of move together like that. Uh, the kids are, uh, my kids seem to be in a pretty good mood. I think they enjoyed their break. I hate to say it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it will move forward. I think that we're going to come back a little bit out of time. And as far as the kids that are looking for college next year, uh, we're going to go off of what they have. And the college coaches understand that, I, I believe. And, and Matt would be able to answer this better than me. But I believe the college coaches know the situation and, and everybody's in the same boat. Yeah, the college coaches are, are very aware of the situation, you know, some more than others, you know, it's, it's a big country, there's a lot of teams out there, and there's some folks that we're, we're trying to knock on the door, say, you come to the table, guys, get, you get with it, you know, be ahead of that, you should be the first one in your AD's office asking questions, offering up what, what you can do, don't be the last one wondering who's going to knock on your door. So if you just joined us, we do have uh, Matt Zimmer, he's the Chief of Operations at College Swim Coaches Association, we have Charlie Rose, uh, vice chair in Blue Dolphins, uh, uh, Florida Swimming. We got Sid Cassidy, of course, Sid Cassidy right there. If you guys have any questions, we know we have a lot of coaches online. This is your time to either haze Matt, college coaches, because we know you're on there. Haze Matt, ask Matt a question, anything you want to do to Matt or Charlie, you age group coaches, Frank and you guys, you want to mm -hmm. say something to Charlie, Sid or myself, let's do it. Um, we're here for you guys. I mean, this is an open forum and we'd love to hear from you. So Sid, just, Abby Fish is on there. Good. just to address that a little bit further, what you asked, um, Florida Swimming did a financial sort uh, package similar to what you guys did in, in Gold Coast. So that's helping out teams that, that qualify. USA Swimming has also done that for teams that qualify. Uh, we are allowing meets to start as of July 1st. Unless something changes between now and then, we should be able to start running some meets. <clears throat> And all that depends on what your local team, uh, your local council, your local city, count, uh, uh, county, whatever they require as far as safety measures. But uh, we can start July 1st. Um, we're allowing three officials to run a meet now, which is a big help um, instead of four. And that's huge, 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 big help. I like to applaud yeah. that, Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, the other thing that that we found out, and I think this is going forward, and Sid, you probably know this too, is that you can run two or three different dual meets, right? Like we can we can swim uh, Sarasota, and and you can swim Gulliver and whoever, and then you take you have one head official for all three of those sanctions. You don't need to have multiple head officials for those sanctions. So we can actually run one meet. 
at three or four different locations, which I think is kind of cool. That might be something that that we look into more as we get. Uh, Wait, that's a head scratcher for me, Charlie. I mean, you're a younger generation guys. How can one official be in three places? Well, I think it's just the guy that's on the the head official that's listed on the meet information that's on the sanction. You can have the same one. And it's just helping because if you're hosting so many meets, right, if we're all doing small meets and they're one hour meets, kind of like a high school format meet, and you've got 10 going on in one area, there's no way possible that you could have the same head official at all of the same meets. How does so he or she police it all? Just kind of be there cyber, like you, you pay, put them in a Zoom or what? I mean, what the heck? How can... So, so, so I mean, you've got... You've got Normally, we would have four officials in Florida swimming, and now we only have to have three, and someone can act as two. So, so in that situation, so two we, people can do it. There's going to be one guy that's responsible for the operation of that meet that's going to turn in the report at the end of the meet, all that stuff. But, um, that it's just it's an interesting concept, and I'm not quite sure how it would actually work. I love I, it, I love it as a coach. Yeah. I'm just wondering how the officials committee, and then and I think about what's wait, it is just. Florida swimming, how does USA swimming officials committee and, and dealing with rules? And I mean, that's one thing in the Gold Coast. We, you know, God bless you. If you show us a way we can run a meet with less than four people in, in volunteer capacity as officials. And I love those people. I thank them every chance I get. They're wonderful people. Uh, I, I, I just know it's harder and harder to get them to come out year after year. It's, it's tough. And we got to have four. Go ahead, Charlie. Tell me more about this. No, I was just going to say, there's no way that you can host five five meets or six meets in one area. Well, uh, Charlie, Charlie, so when you observe a meet, let's say a, a meet is being observed, how many officials do you need for just to be observed? Normally four in Florida oh, swimming. Wow. Okay. I thought it was like one or two. Three. Okay. Wolfie swimming only requires three. So right now you have four and, and Sid or anybody else can probably help me with the, the all the officials. You've got like an AO, you've got a starter. A stroke and turn and a referee, right? Right. I'm probably going to have some officials chiming in here laughing in a minute. but um, <laughs> I, I, do I, just, I just started coaching last week. Listen, we used to run meets 15 years ago where I was the ref. I was the AO. I was the head tie. I don't know. I did it all. And then, oh, my gosh. You guys I remember run. Jack Nelson's meet. Take your bang. <laughs> Mark. No, um, but, yeah, so, so I Jack guess – we're looking at whoever's the head referee on that meet um, is going to be able to maybe manage three or four meets at a time. That's what I heard is, is, is a possibility. We'll find out. Um, but, uh, and I can let you guys know for the next show exactly how that's going to operate. But I think the idea is because people are going to have five, six, seven meets in one area, maybe then there's no way like high school meets, there's no way to staff it all. So they're trying to do the best they can to do it with fewer officials. So um, Ryan Gobert uh, just put in meet ref starter stroke and uh, turn and AO. AO. Yeah. The, the, I think the meet ref and the starter can be the same person. Or two of those people can be the same. You can yeah, do it. Maybe the stroke and turn. You can do it with three, I know. You have to have three. Well, listen, I, so, between the four of us, I can't believe we don't know what it takes to. <laughs> wait, wait. wait. Well, the administrative official, but right now on the goal case, I know we're There's like 120 years of coaching here, okay, between all of us, all right? But let's so. move on to something more like interesting. 
Um, I did see Becky. Oh no, this is, ask this is fascinating, guys. Let's keep going. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm on the edge of my seat, wondering yeah. how many officials it takes to run a meet. I this, know, I know. Uh, okay, Charlie, uh, <laughs> Becky Musselman out, and and I I know Becky. Do you see high school swimming season happening this fall? Tell us. If I have to guess, I bet I would say yes in some capacity. Let's try perhaps. Maybe more, I mean, uh, maybe a regional format. I, I, but, yes, I do see the kids getting together and being able to, to compete at some, at some capacity, yeah. Charlie, I emailed – who's the lady that's been doing it for years? What's her name? For F FHSAA. I forget her name. But, anyway, I, I emailed her last uh, week. Kelly, yes. Kelly Doucette. Kelly Doucette. Oh, my God, I can't believe she's going to probably kill me. So um, they said – she said thumbs up. We're, we're 100% until we hear different. So they're, they're planning right. on full boat full boat school and, and you know what by the way florida and i don't know about illinois i don't know when their season is but florida july 27th you can start practicing now we normally don't sid doesn't charlie doesn't i don't till probably august 15th or 20th because of all the national meets and things so till this year this, <laughs> till, this, till this year so um that's that's pretty close and and what i was thinking and telling my kids you know because we're just doing drills and stuff but um is saying, hey, this provides us with the opportunity to maybe do something fast at the end of August or very early September, depending on how much we pick it up in July and and do a meet where you rest a couple of days and see if we can go fast, you know, and then just they still have two and a half months till state meet. So, you know, you I know, mean, I heard a question on one of the earlier shows. Maybe it was two, three. Maybe it was on your show, Sid. But somebody brought up the question, what's more important, competition or practice? And that's kind of rung in my head, man. It kind of makes you think, you know. Um, I, I seem to think these kids have to race. They got to get up and have some level of competition. They got to, whether it's a virtual thing or whether, you know, they got to do something like that. So I have no problem. I totally agree if there's a possibility to get up and, and do a three-day little thingy and go for it in August, I don't see a problem. I think what we're up against here um, – which is makes it difficult for the coaches is there's a lot of programs, not only in the state of Florida, but around the country that are not swimming. So I think we've got to proceed cautiously and have some respect for those kids that are still sitting at home and not swimming. So we won't want to do too many things. Florida swimming's canceled our championship meets for that reason. They've also canceled it for travel, but um, I think it's just important that we have respect for those teams and kids that can't can't race. But on the same sense, man, let's find ways to get these kids on the blocks and 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 go head to head and maybe compare it online. You know, they're all a lot of these kids are social media, you know, uh, generations. So we could have a lot of fun with that. But we got I think competition has got to be a part of our training over the next couple of months. So I heard. Um, OK, first of all, it's, it's 730. Sid, you know what time that is, right? Oh yeah, I got my I got my Gator glass tonight, Joe. So listen, I'll, we always do this halfway, and, and and listen, I I have big wave, I have big wave. Okay, so okay. cheers to everybody. Cheers. This is starting to turn this is starting cheers. to turn into a beer beer show for some reason. I have no idea, but anyhow, hey, a sponsor. There's a sponsor idea. I'm going with sparkling water tonight, but um, you know, I'm with you in spirit. So what was I going to say to you, Charlie, about? Oh, what are we what are we thinking on on getting all these kids back? I mean, yes, Florida half open, half not. Oh, and I saw Ryan Gober say team versus team challenges, and I know that you have a challenge with him. What is that challenge? 
All right. So <laughs> um, basically uh, something I started doing with the kids and, and I heard it kind of from Dave Tom. I was it Dave Thomas. I forget who it was. Somebody Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. I know. Maybe it wasn't him, but uh, <laughs> who's the games and gimmicks? Uh, that's Bob, Bob Steele. Bob Steele. He Bob coached us for a little bit. Anyway, we're going to do this hundred off the block and it's a no breather hundred. You breathe on the walls. It's kind of based off of that. We go a 200 freestyle and it's for time. The thing is you just can't breathe except on the walls and it's from a push. And we do that a couple times a week. And um, the kids started out going like 315. And now I've got kids down with just two, two weeks of going, you know, down in the mid two minutes. Um, and Gober and I started comparing times and then he threw it up on his Facebook. And next thing I know, there's a bunch of teams out there that are, uh, gonna do the challenge so okay gober's got a girl that beautiful beautiful love it go ahead joe gober's got a girl that goes like 142 in the 200 free right well both you boys do so i mean where are they at that's like a college time matt just went what what you know what it's very interesting that you asked that question i learned something and sid could probably tell me why this is but the distance swimmers are not very good at aerobic stuff no, my that's a good point. No, my no. sprinters are doing much better than the distance. I don't know why. I have no idea. Maybe because they breathe more when they swim. But anyway, they breathe in and out and, and every stroke. Uh, and yeah, so so one girl's going. Uh, the fastest girl right now that I have is Savannah Brennan at, at FIT, and she went a uh, 222. The fastest guy is Mason. He's 206. And he's going to FSU, right? So that's good. He's going to FSU, yeah. So Neil should be happy. Neil, Neil should be should. fired up. Yeah, Neil. So I know you and Carrington are on the on the. I saw your name in there. So um, that hiding. boy's coming to you. You should challenge your boys because I know you have a few kids swimming. I talked to Emma the other day. Uh, see if they can go two hundred six. There you go. Well, I I have a, I saw Samantha Purvis put a note up, and she said, "Surely we can do dual meets." And people are worried about Jason with saying, "Well, we want to go fast." But I mean, when when you think about that idea of of the um, virtual dual meet, the swimmingly, you know, that that the, the uh, Houchin family was putting out. What what do you, what's your take on that, Charlie? Wait, what was that, Sid? Sorry. Would, you, would you be interested in doing a virtual dual meet? Say we got Blue Dolphins against St. Andrews in July, like Florida swimming. We don't know if we're going to be able to swim in July. We might not be able to have meets. But maybe you're hosting a meet, and we could virtually run our kids in, and you could say, okay, here's where you – so just for competitive reasons, if, if you guys wanted to do something like that. Are you at all? Does Florida Swimming follow that? Do they look at the virtual scene and see something? I, I, I don't think we have a choice. I think we've got to find a way to work that in. And uh, I would absolutely be interested in doing something like that. You know, I think it's you got to find a way to motivate the kids and get them up on the block and race. And if they know that this is going to be posted or they know that they're going against St. Andrews, then uh, it's going to make it more exciting than just getting on the block and racing the clock. So I'm, I'm up for that. Yeah, well, uh, we're, we're having some of the same conversations with our teams, you know, whether it's a budget saving thing or whether it's a social distancing thing, it's name another sport truly that can be as virtual as ours. And we certainly don't want to migrate to 100% virtual sport where we're all in our own, own, own pools and that's about it. But we can weather this. You know, if, if you're on the, that same team every day, you don't have to travel 300 miles, much less 50 miles. You can do a virtual dual mate. You can go to an invite 
and five five different teams and score it five different ways and you've just had five dual mates plus an invite so there's there's ways that we can be creative to continue to uh to compete and be in a sport because come on we're all looking at times the kids are going to be looking at that that statue they, they know what they got ahead they're still motivated yeah sid and i talked about this a few a few weeks ago on the show and we were talking about juniors east and west back in the day where you look at oh my god what did that guy go in the 200 free out in california you yeah. know and, and that was a, that was a virtual meet oh we right? had so joe, yeah. so joe makes uh we're at aquatic center and they're posting east west juniors and it was for the sports fest team joe makes the team and i'm like come on i get i get i think it was seventh you had to go top six maybe i can't remember what the number was but i was one spot out by like six 100 some dude in california i was so pissed off so joe goes to sports fest <laughs> And I waved goodbye as the bus left. But anyways, it was a lot. And we missed you, Charlie. That was a good trip. But that Sid was Sid. Sid kept me up for four days straight. I never, I, I, I never slept. I had to coach. <laughs> so the fax machine came into play. Do you, you remember that, Matt? I know you do. And it was Stu Corliss, taper and shave fax, and he had college every every oh, Monday. Every every week. Monday that would the, the taper and shave would would come in across Coach's fax machine, and we'd be huddled in the office finding out where the heck we were. I mean that's you know the dark ages of technology. I know, man, and that and that Stu made a nice. It was it was a lot of effort, you know, labor of love type. Yeah. He swam for Dick Fadgen at Memphis State Swim Club, and uh, you know when when I look back at the origins, and I remember George Haynes telling me as a young coach, it's about the competition. So I agree with you both. You're all three. If if we can be creative, and then there's a, I saw Ben put a question in about how many teams today at our florida gold coast meeting they told us less than 40 percent of the teams are in swimming right now less than 40 percent and um that there were some rough numbers it's surveys that are coming out but you know i don't think it's just about the competition in the times and i'm glad to hear you say matt that the college coaches are going to be aware we did a little time trial that wasn't sanctioned but we filmed it and some college coaches seem very thankful to get that you know it was still a week ahead of when we were going to shave um samantha purvis i remember her swimming and, and and the idea um that we can do these dual meets to me it, it leaves it leaves a lot she said you could just zoom the meet and and set the swimmers off together you could really do it yeah it, it could be a lot of fun if you're creative enough and give it you know something for your kids to do now that being said I agree. It's only a band-aid because we got to get back to where we can race together. I saw Dr. Clay Parnell put a note in earlier. Maybe that said uh, <laughs> by September one, we don't. Okay, good. Thank you. He's better than Salty. <laughs> I swear to God, this guy's unbelievable. Joe, what do you think of that? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, if if Clay had his way about it, tomorrow morning at eight a.m. we would be done. Okay, <laughs> so I mean that's that's the way he feels for sure. Um, he's a he's a funny dude. I love Clay so much. But all right, I got to get to a couple of questions here because we're letting him go on the on the chat. So there was one from uh, yeah. uh, Zukowski, Jonathan Zukowski, asking Matt, "Do you expect our current situation to impact college winter training trips?" Yes, in a in a word, absolutely. Uh, on a number of fronts, one, it's probably the largest. Uh, operating budget expense annually for, for a lot of teams. It is sort of a rite of passage. I got to go to Florida, you know, three times, two, three times when I was in college. So it was a big deal. It's there's a balance between the, the, enjoy, the, the experience of the student, the student athlete experience. It has to be, you know, a, a 
primary importance at the same time. The reality is we don't have a cure and you're going to send 20 something kids across multiple state lines in a totally unsecure place, whatever that means, and then have them come back onto campus. The optics are terrible. The reality is potentially terrible for those kids. And then what do you got to sequester them for two weeks once they get back onto campus? Depends on, on the situation on any campus in any given state. So not only is it a big literal cash cow that goes out of a program, even if the kids fund it themselves, when a lot of programs, the kids fund it themselves, then you start getting into the, are parents going to be okay? Are, is, is, your, is your AD, is your president of your university going to be okay sending 25 kids in a bus someplace or getting on a plane? So unfortunately, it's absolutely affecting a lot of teams. And coaches are really struggling with, they like all at some, it's on some, on some level, we want somebody to make the decision for us. That coach is in a really tough spot having to make that call to, you know, potentially take something away from kids that have, or have expected it. Some kids go to Hawaii. Some kids go to California. Those are awesome places to go. All of a sudden be told you're on campus. You can't go. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. They're like, Oh, we're going out to the back lot and we're going to run 10 in the mud. Okay. And then yeah. we're going to come back and you, but, but you have to wear a mask. All right, so I'm coach, gonna, I'm, gonna add, I'm gonna add something to this. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm jumping. No, in. you're good. You're good. Um, you're good. In some cases, when those kids stay on campus, like, ah, oh, it's gonna be cheap to stay on campus. In some cases, you, you do you run the numbers. It's not. It's not any cheaper to stay on campus because you're the only ones in the dorm. You're the only ones in whatever. You still gotta feed them. You still and there's nobody else around. Everyone's gonna flee campuses as of uh, Thanksgiving. They're not coming back until the next semester, and that's the way a lot of colleges are starting to set up their their seasons at this point their academic seasons. So it's in, in some cases, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So we're trying to figure it out. So Neil Studd, and I, this is the second mention of Florida State, Charlie. I don't know why this is, and maybe because you went there. But so Coach Neil Studd, he goes virtual meets a live feed uh, for the competition. And, you know, we have scoreboards now. I wish we had them, you know, 20, 30 years ago uh, that could do this. But we have scoreboards, actually, that can have a live feed and a split screen of – let's just say uh, Florida state versus Virginia and you could, you could watch each other swim. I mean, how cool would that be? So, and you know, of course, Virginia would kick, kick Florida state's butt, but I mean, that's a joke. That's a joke. You know, of course, Florida state would win that. Neil knows where you live, Joe. Just, I know. It, I, know. I just saw Neil clamping. I don't think he's clamping. I will, that comment. I will not cut that path. You know, that'd be a good dual meet. I tune into that. I think a lot of people would. And 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 certainly the future of swimming has to be when we come away from this COVID point and we learn about all this new communication we're doing, all these types of things, just like us here right now. <clears throat> we're gonna take the better part of it. And silver lining thinking has me going that 20 years from now, college dual meets praying they're still around are going to be an awesome thing that alums can tune into, right, Matt? There's got to be some progression. Absolutely. There's no question. In our own, in our hands, we've got technology that can basically live stream a dual meet at, you know, in 4K. And there's beautiful folks at Colorado and, and whatever making unbelievable scoreboards that can put that up. It's, it's absolutely doable. And it's not the way that we did it when we came up, but it doesn't mean it's any less exciting or any less competitive. It's certainly a change. And one thing to lean into this situation is lean into the change because somebody's going to figure out something pretty cool if 
if this isn't our last situation where we're basically on lockdown and you know god help got us. it hey joe what, what 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 if we did this what if what if you <laughs> still only got four lanes in an eight lane pool and you go off say it's nc state against florida and they're going off and so the florida has four lanes the odd lane and you virtually put in an avatar and the avatar swims you know at the pace that the guy and, and boom boom it just it becomes an unbelievable thing joe we can do it it can happen no i know i know it, yeah, it can i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding you're right i mean listen anything we have so many geniuses in this world that can figure some cool things out i mean i mean uh charlie Alex Kimball can figure something out. Oh. He is sitting at home and the dude is like a genius from Georgia tech. You know, he's probably watching cause he's sitting at home, um, yeah. but you know, he could figure this out and figure out this whole meat thing. And like by Friday, we would have a full done full platform. You know, that's your boy, Charlie. Yeah. So, sure. Hey, I think in another year or two guys, I, this is just my optimism coming out, but I think in another year or two, we're going to be pretty much back to normal. I'm hoping, you know, I, we're all epidemiologists here and we all are experts in the field <laughs> since we've watched TV for the last uh, month and a half. I try not to watch it. I try so, not to watch but, it. You know, I think we're going to get back the vaccine. Hopefully it'll come through and it'll be like another case of the flu. And I think the, the challenge for the coaches and for everybody right now is just to get the kids to that point and keep them excited about it and keep them challenged. And then as we get to that next stage and where things are back to normal, let's maybe we can take some of the stuff that we got from this and use it, implement it into uh, what we do on a regular basis. I think I'd love everybody loves every everybody I've ever talked to loves the high school dual meet type situation and format. And for years and years and years, club coaches have sat around with a beer and said, man, we got to simulate this high school setup. We got to simulate this. You know, maybe that's something in another year or two when, when this moves back to normal, we've got everything in place and we've done it a few times. Maybe that's something we'll be able to continue with, you know? That's true. I like that. And, and, you know, Jason Tillotson just had a, a decent comment um, talking about open water stuff and, you know, that may be kind of cool, Sid, where you do bring some it on, open Matt. Bring it, bring it, Matt. Oh, you, know, you do open water, but then, then college yeah. does some open water, do. right? They Absolutely. Do we have a college uh, national championship, open water national championship hosted the last few years at uh, in Kansas with uh, with Coach Campbell's group? And uh, it's it's awesome. They've put on an unbelievable event. Uh, the kids have loved it. It's absolutely <laughs> an emerging sport that we should be we should be expanding into. Uh, regardless of the COVID situation, the social distancing, it's an awesome sport. I mean, Sid, you and I have shared more time in open water locations and, and at the Olympics and anything. That stuff is unbelievably exciting. And we've got, you know, a, a great set, set of athletes already on most campuses that can figure out a way to, to add that in. And it doesn't mean you have to have an ocean right next to you. The majority of open water swimmers train the majority of their time in pools. And they just have a lot of focus and a lot of technique and a lot of uh, swimming tactics that apply that they are applying during that season. But much as uh, volleyball, the sport of volleyball has transitioned to an emerging sport and a legitimate national championship with beach volleyball using those same guys, we should be absolutely doing the same thing. That's another way that we can protect programs by having, you can count them as double on campus. They count as two athletes. So it may be one particular individual, but they count as two athletes. So that's, that's a, that's an app. We want to lean into that for sure to so, encourage that. So my question on that, Matt, is as it has been, 
what are the chances that the NCAA, like when beach volleyball, they were very popular on television and as an Olympic sport. Open water's getting there. It's not as popular as beach volleyball was when they had all the little girls in bikinis jumping up and down. Yeah. But the reality is, it, you're right. It's an unbelievable sport. It's great. And it's kids that might not be successful in the pool can find success in open water. What are the chances and what's the protocol? What's the process the NCAA has to follow to add another sport, as in cross country is to track? Let's have open water and then spring swimming. Well, my counterpart, my counterpart at the CSEA, Samantha Barony, she's our uh, director of legislation, and she would be a much better person to answer that question than I would. But my understanding is that provided there is a continued growth in the sport on a club level, at some point it hits critical mass, and then the NCAA has to take it a lot more seriously. And then there's, there's continual lobbying efforts to say, Here, here's why, here's why it makes sense. It's already on all these campuses. We already have all these kids. Here's how it's going to benefit. And then they can note it as an emerging sport, similar to what has been done in the Olympics level. You know, when we're looking at surfing, nobody ever, you know, who would have thought surfing would be an Olympic sport, but those, and it, it's not an emerging sport by any means but sports come in and out of play and provided open water continues to grow it has absolutely an opportunity to become uh, an NCAA sport so Sid, Sid, Sid or up, Sid, get on it no 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 go ahead, go ahead well, when I read between the lines of what you just said then what the NCAA would look for is how many high schools and how many USA swimming clubs are doing open water Right. That would, that would be a, that would be a component of it. Certainly, a contributing factor, but it's more has to do with how many open water swimmers are on college campuses at the at, at any given moment. So that okay. number has to grow. So we need we need our college teams. If this is something we want to lean into, we need college teams to start club uh, a club component of open water swimming. And and we are doing our part and create. We've created a national championship for open water for college open water, which hopefully will encourage more kids to continue to do that at Division one, division two, II, division three level, and continue to, to, to build that out. So when is that, Matt? When is yeah, the, the in, in, in late the summer? In late summer. Oh, okay. What's what's the distance of it? 10K. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So there was a question, Matt, and and um we chart from Clay, Clay Parnell. Yeah. Um, we charge for high school. A lot of a lot of teams charge for high school because the athletic department wants some money. Um what about colleges? I know that when we go to Florida dual meets, no one's charging and, you know, they would have a full deck. And I know that they could probably make 10 or 15 grand and that what you mentioned 20 minutes ago about, hey, you know, what about this slush fund, blah, blah, blah. This, you know, after six meets, you're talking about a good amount of money. Why don't they it, do that? It, well, some of them do. And some of them produce their own meets. And, you know, like we all know when when a a freshman will walk into campus their first semester and they'll probably know more about social media and broadcasting and publishing than, than folks who've been there for 20 years. So a lot of our coaches uh, absolutely lean in, lean in on their, on their teams to say, Hey, how do we get this out to, to your people? How do we get this out to alumni? Whereas folks like me and certainly Sid, because we're old guys now uh, we, we need some help. To, to do something like this, we need to, we don't have our Joe hour at our, you know, right next door to say, Hey, how do we put on something like that? So, so it's getting easier and easier. And the more we can provide those tools to folks to be able to do that. And some folks just want to do it just to raise awareness, just to have, if, if, if all you do it for is to put it out there and just get your alum to watch, then you've made a connection. You continue to give, give, give. 
And at some point, there's an ask in there. Say, hey, can you can you contribute to the program? We're trying to give you all we can. It's not a cap or not a T-shirt that we should be giving you every year as an alum, but we're trying to keep you connected to the program. You're in town, come to their meet. You know, come to whatever it is you want to do. But I would love to watch my alma mater on TV. I would certainly feel more connected to that, even if I'm not paying in the moment to watch that. But at some point, hey, we're doing this. We want to keep you guys involved. Can you contribute? And and that's where we're going to get a lot of help. Yeah, I think I think every college program should have it live live stream. I mean, it's you know what? All you do is send it to your tech department. And say, hey, look, I just need one, even one stream. Yeah, just get just get it going. Just get it going. There's, Charlie, point, you guys, there's no excuse not to. There's no reason. Yeah, not. I mean, it's it's and it's not too difficult these days. It gets easier every year. Actually, every time I look around, I'm like, oh my gosh, that would make it so easy. Oh my gosh, that would be. When we started Florida Swim Network, it was like it was like hell, right? We had the freaking eyeball and the damn. My, I mean, it was like, it was, it was. You had to buy this equipment. You have to buy this. You have to buy this, and then you had to connect, and then it didn't work. And oh damn, I just wasted three grand. Oh okay, and then you know, just on and oh, do we have internet? No, no. Now it's like super simple, super simple, and every year it gets better and better. Um, so yeah, there is no excuse. Charlie, do y'all y'all charge at your high school meets? Yes, it's. Uh, I think it's four bucks. For uh, four or five bucks for a non-student and maybe two or three bucks for a student. Nice. All right, listen, guys, it's 752. Uh, if anybody in the chat has any questions for any of these guys, Matt, Charlie, Sid, or myself, you've got a couple more minutes. Uh, I have a question, Joe. I have a question. Hit Matt. up. Matt. Yeah. Um, I, I know he's been quiet most of the show, but I, the guy looks really familiar. Who's got the blue goggles on there just to your right? Who is that guy? This, this, this is my buddy. He keeps he keeps me on tack. Uh, this is actually Greg Earhart, and he's making sure that I'm clocked in right now. <laughs> That's uh, good. And he's keeping me on task. So he knows that I've got spreadsheets up. He knows that I've got Salesforce on. I've got Canva to do our social media. So I'm, I got a full spread here. I'm, I'm still at work. Greg, don't worry. Hey, how much how much do you get paid for a live stream? Because you know, uh, Sid and Joe get ten percent. So you know, that's <laughs> I, listen, I, I'm happy to be here. Like, I'm, I'm God willing, I'll stay here. I want to keep doing this for a long time. I don't no, it's awesome. Anything. It's awesome. It's great to have you guys. All right, so listen, we got a couple minutes left. If anybody has a question for these guys, it's time. Our hour is up. But. Um, you know, we always uh, ask you guys for like 30 seconds of a little love or anything you want to say out there to the group. Um, you know, Charlie, Matt, who's first? Who wants to give us their 30 seconds of wisdom because you guys are so doggone brilliant? That's true. That's true. We could leave it I, at that. Yeah. Go, Charlie. Well, first off, let me, I'll, I'll go ahead first. Sid, I really enjoyed your show on uh, Monday night, I believe it was, right? I think it was Monday. Right. Um, and, and listening to you guys talk about the way those swimmers handled adversity and the things that they did back in the day was, was absolutely a blast. Um, and I think the thing in taking from it is the confidence that uh, we, can, we can move on to our swimmers. Listening to the, to the old timers like that talk about it, and that confidence is important. So, uh, you know, I think moving forward and looking at, what we're dealing with for the next year, let's, uh, you know, one of the things I'll try and do is, is keep that confidence up for these kids, keep them positive, um, make them believe and let them know that uh, things are going to come through this in the next year or so. You know, Charlie, that's awesome. And, and you, you mentioned Tim McKee and some of those guys that were on that show and Tim McKee, Sid and I were talking about this. 
and kids rarely do this, but this is good to listen to. He goes, you know, I would almost throw up every day in practice because I was working so hard because I wanted it so badly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the kids today either, you know, are just better or they just don't work as hard. So I thought that was huge. And I thought that the kids needed to hear that. So Charlie, yeah, I mean, much better, much better than him smoking as part of his altitude training. That was well. It, that's oh. true. He could have, he could have, he could have been throwing up because he was, he was either hungover or smoking. But he did say yeah. he worked harder than anybody else. But anyway, Matt, go ahead. That's a, yeah, a different era for sure on that one. Uh, I've we've done a bunch of webinars with our coaching uh, peers out there the last uh, couple of months. We didn't get to have our annual convention to connect with a lot of folks, but we have had a lot of, a lot of webinars with with our group. And one of the things that's come out it has been how clearly nobody wishes this would have happened that is going on right now. However, there are some really positive things that have that have transpired, whether it's the coach, you know, finding some some new fortitude in themselves, talking to their athletes, connecting with them via Zoom, which ironically for some kids today and age is is a more comfortable medium than sitting in an office, you know, looking looking up at your coach's big desk and stuff like that. So there's a whole bunch of things that our coaches have come back and said, yeah, I wish this would have never happened. However, I never want to give up these you know, X, Y, Z things that have come out of it. And I'm absolutely going to bring that back into my program and be more mindful of those things uh, once we get started again. So it really just depends on your perspective. And um, looking at it from two months ago, the future looked really good. All of a sudden we're down, but you know what? Some really good things have, have come out of this, can come out of this, will come out of this, but we've got to look forward and, and embrace those changes. Thanks, Matt. That's, that's awesome. Sid, you got any last final words, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Well, Joe, I do. I do <laughs> want to say, you know, I I am I'm very privileged to be here with you, to be with you guys, and I know it's been a difficult week and a difficult time on top of the COVID nineteen. But my belief, and I hear you, Charlie, to hear you guys, you know, you talk about the confidence, and and yeah, talking to a guy like McKee brought back a lot of memories. But the reality is, every single one of us has a responsibility to be the best we can be and we will all be better because of it so i'm with you guys i love you guys back to you joe awesome sid all right listen so sid sid you had your great first show do we know what's going on i'm psyched for your show next monday we the we have a, with Sid. we're gonna we have two surprise guests as of today, but we're going to announce it by Friday, Joe. I, I I'm going back and forth on some dates with some guests. I can promise you this: it will be fun. Good story. It will be fun. Monday night on the monkey. Right, I, on the monkey. On the freaking monkey. Now listen, here's what we got next Wednesday. We've got Randy Reese. Oh. And we've got Sydney Pickram. Oh man, big show. Big show. And then and then we also have a special guest that I can't tell you about yet. But anyway, it's going to be fun stuff. And, and listen, Matt, Charlie, uh, thank you for your time. You guys are always awesome and, and love you guys. And thanks thank for joining you, us on the hour. And, Great uh, to be here, guys. Thank you. This yeah. Super fun. Thanks. Awesome. Well, listen, we'll see you all on Monday and Wednesday night on The Monkey. So see you all later. Join us on The Swim Monkey. Swim, swim, monkey, swim, monkey, swim, monkey, swim, monkey, swim, monkey, monkey TV. TV on the monkey. <laughs>